Good morning. All eyes on Capitol Hill. The January 6th committee set to hold its first public hearing on the insurrection. Televised live from coast to coast in prime time this morning, the evidence and videos that will be revealed for the very first time. What's at stake for both parties and the potential impact it could have on the minds of American voters. We're live with everything you need to know about this historic event. Extreme weather, damaging tornadoes ripped through the Midwest, torrential downpours flooding a crowded concert outside of D.C., record heat spreading across the West, and Al, he's tracking it all. Gut-wrenching, survivors, witnesses, and families testify in the wake of America's latest mass shootings. He shot my friend that was next to me, and I thought he was going to come back. Schools are not safe anymore. Something needs to really change. They're harrowing accounts and calls for change straight ahead as the House, with several Republicans breaking ranks, votes to approve new gun laws overnight. But are they doomed to fail as they head to the Senate? We'll have the very latest. Shocking arrest. Overnight, the FBI raids the home of a man accused of traveling to Washington to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Threats of violence and actual violence against the justices, of course, strike at the heart of our democracy. The alarming scare amid mounting concern over the safety of judges across the country. All that plus showdown in a new court filing. Brad Pitt accuses Angelina Jolie of trying to intentionally inflict harm on him. Inside the latest move on the ongoing legal battle between the two superstars. Today, Thursday, June 9th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you on this Thursday morning. Happy you're here. Yeah, nice to have you along with us. And we've got a lot to cover, including those powerful mm -hmm. storms, a suspected tornado touching down in Ohio and causing major damage to a distribution center there. You can see part of the roof and buildings back wall just torn away. Heavy rain has been the major story up and down the East Coast. Check out the scene last night at Halsey's concert. This was in Maryland. The concert had to be canceled because of flooding. And in the West, it is extreme heat. That's the story. Some cities reaching triple digits already. It could extend through the weekend. Al's going to have everything you need to know. But first, our top story, the January 6th hearings getting underway tonight in primetime. Lawmakers have spoken to more than 1,000 witnesses, followed up on nearly 500 tips, poured over 140,000 plus documents. And tonight, Americans will begin to see some of it during the first of at least seven public hearings. We've got it all covered. We're going to start with NBC's Peter Alexander in Washington. Hey, Peter, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you in Savannah. It has been more than 500 days since the violent attack right here at the U.S. Capitol. And the images from that day are still haunting, but the impact has been waning in the nearly year and a half since. The committee tonight is hoping to reverse that, promising never-before-seen evidence. New evidence saying that the primetime presentation is going to show ongoing threats to American democracy and that former President Trump, they say, was at the center of a coordinated effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election. It was the most violent attack on the U.S. Capitol in more than 200 years and tonight in the very building where it took place. The House Committee investigating the assault will lay out its initial findings in vivid detail for the American people. 
It was a multi-level, multi-step process of trying to negate, nullify, and destroy Joe Biden's majority in the Electoral College. Tonight's presentation, aides say, will serve as an opening statement of sorts. The first in a series of at least seven hearings intended to show how Donald Trump's obsession with his election loss and repeated false claims of voter fraud laid the foundation for the deadly siege. Leading off tonight's hearing, expected to run two hours in prime time, new video of the attack, as well as live testimony from a British documentary filmmaker embedded with members of the far-right group The Proud Boys who captured the chaos. The night's first in-person witness, Capitol Police Officer Caroline Edwards. I got it right Officer Edwards suffered a brain injury after she was knocked down by rioters. Those images, the smells, the the yelling, the, you know, the chaos, the, the blood, the, I mean, it was, that, that day was a war zone. The committee is also expected to show recorded testimony from some of the 1,000 other key witnesses interviewed, including the former president's daughter, Ivanka, and her husband, Jared Kushner. Trump allies have relentlessly blasted the hearings, slamming it as a partisan witch hunt. This committee is not about seeking the truth. It is a smear campaign. But overnight, new audio recordings provided to NBC News by the authors of the new book, This Will Not Pass, reveal the House's top Republican, Kevin McCarthy, less than a week after the January 6th attack on a call with GOP members, criticizing Mr. Trump and speaking in support of a bipartisan commission to investigate the riot that he and his party now oppose. We cannot just sweep this under the rug. We need to know why it happened, who did it, and people need to be held accountable for it. The committee says its investigation is ongoing, that it's not finished yet. More than 820 people across the U.S. have been charged in the January 6th attack. At least 310 have pleaded guilty, and six defendants have been tried and convicted in court. Savannah. All right, Peter, thank you. We want to turn now to NBC News political director Chuck Todd, who's here with us in New York. And Chuck, you know, a lot of these details have trickled out as yeah. this committee has been investigating over the past year or so. But it seems that the strategy is in the power of presentation. Yeah. Telling a story, a narrative, you know, not not just connecting the dots for us to understand, but connecting and have visual dots. You know, one of the things we're going to see tonight, they have a, a piece of it. There was a documentarian following around that far-right group, the Proud Boys. So, you know, being able to not just hear testimony, but then see some of this visual they evidence. They hired a network be, news executive to produce this primetime hearing. Which I have to say was, that's an inter I understand looking for that kind of expertise, but you there's a fine line between using that expertise to to not just be compelling but to ex be explanatory and then looking or looking like you're trying to jazz something up right there's that that line so i think the committee has to be careful uh, of how they're using sort of that type of of expertise but i do think that they want to paint a picture they want to see if they can grab us by the lapels and like all right pay attention to this my concern is the people that are concerned will be the ones watching. The people that need to be concerned may not. Well, that was my next question. I mean, right after January 6th, there was, I mean, you know, I won't say unanimous, but widespread revulsion and horror at what has happened, had happened. And then since then, what have polls showed? I mean, are people persuadable on this issue? Well, look, look at our own polling. You know, when we first asked this, uh, a majority of the country did say that President Trump was primarily responsible. 
over time, we just asked this question again just before these hearings, and we're going to ask it again just to see. And you start to see the numbers start to look like the presidential ballot. And you're starting, meaning you're starting to see those, unquote, on the on on the blue side of, of the world see one thing, and those on the red so side of the world see another. people are retreating to their partisan corners. A, a little bit, but let's see, like like I said, let's see. Do they have new evidence? Do they have something that says, boy, I really got to check this out? And it's not just about tonight. It's about I got to understand all of these hearings. So. Look, I think that's why they brought in trying to jazz up, trying to grab people's attention. We'll see if they succeed. All right, Chuck Todd, good to see you. Nice to see you. will be there tonight. We've yep. got special live coverage of the hearing. Starts at 8 o'clock Eastern here on NBC, also NBC News Now. And for a daily breakdown of the latest from Washington and its impact on you, you can catch Meet the Press Now, streaming weekdays for Eastern on NBC News Now. All right, there's been some movement on Capitol Hill overnight tied to the push for new gun restrictions. And it unfolded in the wake of an emotional hearing survival Survivors and families of the victims of the deadly mass shootings in Texas and in Buffalo. They shared their devastating and personal stories with lawmakers. NBC's Morgan Chesky joins us from Uvalde. Hey, Morgan, good morning. Hoda, good morning. And that testimony is so incredibly powerful. And we are seeing earnest discussions begin almost everywhere. Here in Uvalde, district officials are going to be meeting to discuss the potential fate of Robb Elementary. And in Austin, state House members will start their committee meetings examining this shooting response. All of this a day after that incredibly emotional testimony with survivors calling on Congress and demanding action. This morning saw momentum on Capitol Hill for raising the minimum age to buy a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21, as the House passed their own legislative package aimed at lowering gun violence. But that age provision faces an uphill battle in the evenly divided Senate, where negotiations are still ongoing. It all comes following harrowing testimony of survivors of recent massacres including 11-year-old Mia Cerillo, who recounted in terrifying detail the moment the Uvalde shooter killed her teacher and classmates, and how she had to play dead to survive. When I went to the backpacks, uh, he shot my friend that was next to me, and I thought he was going to come back to the room, so I grabbed the blood and I put it all over me. Now, the fourth grader afraid for her own safety and others in classrooms nationwide. You feel safe at school? Why not? Because I don't want it to happen again. And you think it's going to happen again? Dr. Roy Guerrero, Uvalde's only pediatrician, also describing the horror he saw while treating victims at the hospital. The only clue at their identities was a blood splattered cartoon clothes still clinging to them. The mother of 10 year old Lexi Rubio, among the 19 children killed. Devastated. Somewhere out there, there is a mom listening to our testimony, thinking, I can't even imagine their pain, not knowing that our reality will one day be hers unless we act now. As pressure grows, President Biden asked by Jimmy Kimmel overnight whether he will take further executive action on guns. I have issued executive orders within the power of the presidency to be able to deal with these, everything having to do with guns. What I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution and constitutional authority. Eyes now turning to Congress for a path forward. Meanwhile, a group of bipartisan senators are still trying to reach a deal on potential new gun legislation. We are told that they are optimistic, and their focus right now remains on increased background checks, incentivizing states to pass new red flag laws, and more money for both school security and mental health.
Hoda? Yeah, such powerful statements from those parents, Morgan. Uh, thank you. Also this morning, a California man is in custody accused of traveling across the country to kill a Supreme Court justice. It's just the latest incident raising questions about security for federal judges. NBC's justice correspondent Pete Williams has the very latest. Pete, good morning. Savannah, investigators say that the police responded after getting a 911 call that they say turned out to be from the man himself, claiming that he was armed and saying that he came to the Washington, D.C. area to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Overnight, FBI investigators searched the California home of the man the FBI says traveled from there to Washington, D.C. to attack a Supreme Court justice. At about 1 o'clock Wednesday morning, police say a man dressed in black with a suitcase and a backpack got out of a taxi in front of the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who lives in suburban Maryland. They say after spotting two federal marshals outside the house, he walked a block away and called 911. He advised he's having suicidal and homicidal thoughts. Police say he told them he came to kill the justice and was armed. While he was still on the phone with police, officers arrived and arrested him. Court documents identify him as Nicholas John Roski, age 26, of Simi Valley, California. They say he was carrying a handgun, ammunition, a knife, pepper spray, and burglary tools. Investigators say he told him he was upset that the Supreme Court might overturn Roe v. Wade and loosen gun laws, and that he planned to kill the justice and then himself. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's a former federal judge himself, said he earlier took steps to increase security for the justices. Threats of violence and actual violence against the justices, of course, strike at the heart of our democracy, and we will do everything we can to prevent them and to hold people who do them accountable. Garland acted after protesters showed up at the homes of Kavanaugh and two other justices following the leak of a draft of the court's abortion ruling. Congress is now considering a bill to provide more money for securing the justices and their families, but last month's murder of a retired Wisconsin judge and the shooting attack at the home of a federal judge in New Jersey nearly two years ago that killed her son have prompted new calls for more security for judges, including a measure now before Congress that would block personal information about judges and their families from the Internet. Investigators say that continues to be a concern. They say that Roski told him that he got the idea of coming to kill Justice Kavanaugh after finding the justice's home address on the Internet. Roski has been charged with attempted murder of a federal judge. No comment from his lawyer, Savannah. All right, Pete Williams, thank you very much. 15 minutes past the hour. Time to check in with Craig. What do you have this morning, Craig? Hello, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Military officials are investigating the cause of Wednesday's crash of a U.S. Marines aircraft in Southern California. NBC's national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has the details. Miguel, good morning. Craig, good morning. This comes after another military accident here in Southern California just a few days ago. This time, an Osprey with five Marines on board went down during a training exercise in the desert. We have a military aircraft down Highway 78, just west of Coachella Canal Road. Emergency crews responding Wednesday when a military aircraft carrying five U.S. Marines crashed during a training flight. It happened in the California desert near Glamis, about 100 miles east of San Diego. At this time, they advised five souls on the aircraft. 
Officially, the status of the Marines was not immediately available, but according to the LA Times, citing a federal source, four people died when the MV-22B Osprey, based at San Diego's Camp Pendleton, went down. Military officials say early reports of nuclear material on board the aircraft were false. The $73 million Osprey is a tilt-rotor aircraft that can take off and land like a helicopter, but can also fly long range like a plane. It's mainly used by the Marines to transport troops and equipment, but it has a troubled history over the two decades it's been in use. Just three months ago, four Marines died when an Osprey went down in Norway during a NATO training exercise in extreme weather conditions. The Marine Corps has stood behind the aircraft, calling it safe and effective. Yesterday's crash comes just five days after a Navy pilot was killed when his fighter jet crashed here in Southern California's Mojave Desert. Craig. Miguel, with that update on uh Yesterday's crash, Miguel, thank you. Turning now to the weather, and Al's got a lot on his plate. The image behind you, yeah. wow, where's yeah. that, Ohio? Yeah, this is in Tip City, Ohio, outside of Dayton. Uh, uh, we're talking about a Meyer uh, grocery store distribution center. You can see the damage this possible twister caused, tripping over uh, tractor trailers, just a really devastating damage. And then we also had part of that system as it headed east, heavy rain, thunderstorms. This is Meriwether Post Pavilion outside of Washington, D.C. This is a Halsey concert, and you can see the rain just pouring in. Folks were delayed and caught inside the stadium for a number of hours until they could get out, but really strong stuff. And now we're going to talk about that rain moving away. The good news is it's pushing through the Northeast. New England right now gets the heck out of here, and then things start to clear out. But out West, we are talking unrelenting heat. 29 million people from Texas all the way on up into the Southwest and parts of California for heat watches and warnings. These temperatures really... Uh, anywhere from 5 to 15 degrees above average. Las Vegas, 106. Death Valley, 119. Tomorrow, that stretches further to the west. Palm Springs, 110. Las Vegas, 110. Albuquerque, 98 degrees. Phoenix and El Paso, you're going to be looking at six days of triple-digit temperatures. And, in fact, the climate connection is this. Phoenix has averaged six degrees warmer since the 1940s. El Paso, three degrees. And you look at Texas. We are talking about temperatures well above 100 from Abilene down to Corpus Christi today on into tomorrow. And look at this heat wave. We're talking Dallas and Austin triple digits right on through Tuesday. So the heat is on. This is dangerously hot weather. And that's your latest weather. Guys. Thank you, Mr. Roker. Coming up, an inside look at some new drama between famed Hollywood exes. Now Brad Pitt is accusing Angelina Jolie of selling her stake in their winery to intentionally inflict harm on him. That in a new court filing. Yep, plus with gas prices at an all-time high, we want to help us all cope. What we can learn from drivers who found creative ways to cut down and make their fill-ups last longer. But first, this is Today on NBC.
7.30 now, Thursday morning, 9th of June, 2022. One of the greatest songs in the world. And you know what? Yeah. The weather may look a tad iffy in parts of the country, but let's focus on the positive. <laughs> like this beautiful <laughs> shot from Miami Beach. And why not be optimistic? Because guess what? What? A new study says it holds the key to living Longer. Being optimistic? I it's can believe all, it. I can, can believe it. it. Don't stop believing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's we're gonna have all the information yeah. coming up. Good. Makes sense. It does. It it's does. your mom's theory of life. Yeah, it does. Keep it works. on smiling. All right, let's get to your headlines. 7:30. Former President Donald Trump and two of his children have agreed to testify at a civil investigation of his business practices. The former president, Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump Jr., will sit for depositions in July unless New York's top court issues a stay. The civil probe stems from allegations that the Trump Organization inflated its financial statements. Donald Trump has slammed the investigation as politically motivated. A former Missouri college student is finally back home this week after spending eight months in the hospital following a highly publicized hazing incident. 19-year-old Daniel Santulli has severe brain damage. According to a family attorney, he was left blind and is not able to walk or communicate Last October, he was allegedly forced to drink nearly an entire bottle of vodka while pledging the Phi Gamma Delta fraternity at the University of Missouri. Last month, his family settled a lawsuit with 23 defendants, including the fraternity. Um, we turn now to another high-profile legal showdown between two famous exes. This time, it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, at the center of the dispute, a winery they purchased together back in 2008. NBC's Stephanie Goss joins us now with details. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Brad Pitt's legal team is now accusing Jolie of intentionally harming him and his business in the south of France, the Chateau Miraval Winery. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were once known for battling on screen. But this morning, the legal battle between the former couple is heating up. New court documents filed last week against Jolie and Russian billionaire Yuri Scheffler allege the two have damaged Pitt and diminished the value of French winery Chateau Miraval, in which Pitt holds shares. Pitt also claiming that Jolie has tried to force him into a partnership with a stranger with poisonous associations and intentions. In happier times, the two bought shares in the wine company in 2008, even getting married at Chateau Miraval in 2014. Jolie has not filed any response nor has made any official statements. Back in February, Pitt sued Jolie for unlawfully selling her shares. Now his attorneys argue she, quote, sought to inflict harm, adding she violated an agreement the two made during their partnership. According to the documents, Pitt says both he and Jolie understood neither could sell their stake without the other's knowledge and permission. Something that's immediately apparent is that there is no written contract that he's alleging that Jolie has breached. Instead, he's saying that there were implied contract rights. Pitt's legal team also accuses Jolie of vindictively pulling out of share negotiations with him last year amid the couple's ongoing custody proceedings over their six children, alleging she, quote, lied in order to engage in secret negotiations with an undisclosed buyer. That buyer, Tenute Del Mondo, a company Pitt's lawsuit describes as a hostile third-party competitor bent on taking control of Miraval. Pitt's attorneys also claim it's indirectly owned by Scheffler, who they say their client had already refused to make a deal with. NBC News has reached out to Scheffler for comment, but he has not responded. Sometimes disputes are of such a personal nature that it's very difficult for the law to find the best path forward. 
Pitt's legal team is seeking damages for a, quote, malicious breach requesting a trial by jury. But experts, experts we spoke to say for a civil matter at this time, it's highly unlikely the case would land in a courtroom in under a year. Okay. All right, Steph, thank you. All right, from a fight over a winery to something you can probably relate to, struggles and some solutions when it comes to those skyrocketing gas prices from carpooling to something called trip stacking, what some families are now doing to make their Phillips last just a little bit longer. And then later, a driving force behind some of television's most iconic sitcoms mm. ever, from Friends to Taxi. If you don't know his name, you should. James Burroughs has done and seen it all, and you do not want to miss the amazing stories he shared with mm. Harry Smith. But first, these messages. We're back now, 739 with In-Depth Today. This morning, coping with soaring gas prices that stand to hit yet another uh, record high. Stop me if you've heard know. that one before. The situation is really wreaking havoc on family budgets everywhere. But it is also showcasing the savviness of the American consumer, leading to all new habits as drivers are adjusting now. NBC Sam Brock's been talking to people about some of the, some of the tricks they're using. He also got a few recommendations from some experts. Yeah. Sam, good morning. Guys, good morning. You know, Americans are crafty, if nothing else. But yes, the sheer pain inflicted here at the pump is producing new patterns of behavior for people trying to just soften that economic blow from parents, guys, choosing to carpool, not just with their kids, but with each other. Meals out now turning into online delivery to save a trip. And drivers now realizing you don't necessarily need premium gas, even if you have luxury wheels. The difference between regular and supreme, 475 at this gas station versus 529. That is a 50-second gap, 50-cent gap, or about $10 for a truck like this. Anything and everything is on the table. For a nation that feels like it's stuck right now in gas gridlock, many drivers aren't sitting idle with soaring costs. They're getting creative. My salary hasn't changed, so I carpool with my sister to work. Uh, one week she drives and the one week I drive. And it's not just mobs. College students like Gabby Solomon are crafting new systems for getting together. We all go in one car so that it's not like $20 each person like spending their gas. Carpools and car swaps. Yeah, I just bought the motorcycle because now for 20 bucks, I use like for three days to four days. It saves me a lot. Some families even working more from home while stacking their trips. We try to consolidate. For example, we, we're running errands now instead of, you know, perhaps just running to Target and then heading home. You know, we're trying to, you know, hit a couple stops. According to the consumer experts at NerdWallet, these are all common approaches to curbing gas costs. They're also shifting to more online purchases and also using doing all of their errands online whenever possible. Popular food delivery apps like Instacart or DoorDash charge delivery fees, service fees, or both. But even if those end up costing a consumer 5 or $10, it might still be cheaper than a trip in a car. Others on social media scoping out alternative forms of transportation. Under the title, when gas prices get too high, busting out kids' cars, power wheels, go-karts. The satire revealing at a time gas prices are so high, bike sales are exploding. I've moved to the city, I don't need my car, um, can't afford gas. And even police departments are under strain. This Michigan Sheriff's Office is feeling the pain at the pump as well, according to its Facebook post, and has advised deputies to manage non-urgent calls over the phone. A sign of the times, as experts say those who need cars can keep some simple saving tools handy. 
Gas stations offer credit cards and rewards that can net you three to five cents off per gallon. Big box membership clubs like Costco and Sam's have cheaper gas and regular deals. And even Google Maps is your friend with an option to navigate based on fewer hills and traffic. While they may not save drivers from pump time dread. I'm 50 years old, I've never seen them this high. Every penny in this climate counts. Now we talk about those fuel efficient routes for Google. Let's just say hypothetically, guys, because the weekend is coming up. I want to go to Miami Beach. I know you showed that shot earlier in the show. I put in Miami Beach in the directional bar here on Google Maps. Then I just press these three little dots above that. Look what pops up this bar. Select route options. And then as you go through your various options, you can toggle between prefer fuel efficient routes or not. I'm going to set it that way. If you go back, check this out. On the bottom of the route, it says most fuel efficient. This Ooh. is just one option. You also have companies like Fulio and Jerry Can that say it's 20% more efficient. At this point, you got to say it's worth a shot. Well, Sam, back to you. Sam, the energy you'll harness just dancing in those clubs in Miami. <laughs> if only we could get that into the tank of your car. Every Friday night. I know Craig is going to join me, I think he you said, know next me, weekend. So I'm you looking forward me. to that. See you on South Beach. Okay. Bye, Sam. You, Sam. Bye, Sam. Have a good weekend. <laughs> See you All right. Then. Let's check in with Al. Get a chance of the weather. How much fuel do you use to raise the roof? I, I don't know. know. Well, let's show you what we've got as far as severe weather today. We are looking back through the plains. Seven million people at risk. Damaging winds. Hail. Can't rule out a tornado from Wichita, Topeka, Oklahoma City, on into Lamar. And then tomorrow, we're from Little Rock, Jackson, Pensacola, New Orleans, for 9 million folks damaging winds, isolated tornadoes, a possibility. Today, severe storms break out this afternoon in the upper plains, destructive winds, baseball-sized hail. Tomorrow, those scattered storms start to move rapidly to the east, local downpours with flooding possible, especially along the panhandle of Florida. We're looking at heaviest uh, pre precipitation in eastern Oklahoma. Rainfall rates and some sections one to two inches per hour rest of the country heavy rain up into new england that texas heat will continue and intensify and look for some heavy rain to return into the pacific northwest and that's your latest weather guys all right al thank you we'll be right back after this The wise man, Carson, returns. You know, we all love Ted Lasso, and one of the reasons is he's just always so optimistic. And yeah. there's a reason that all of us should be channeling our inner Ted Lasso, because there's a new study out, guys, that basically says if you're optimistic, if you see the world with a glass half full, uh -huh. you actually live longer, uh, an extra four years, in fact. Yeah, this is, no, it was a study, it was a woman's yeah. health study, so yeah. this has to do yes. with women. I'm assuming it applies to men as well. And they followed a large group of women over a, a long period of time, most optimistic, nearly 160,000 women were involved in the study. They had a 10% greater chance of living beyond 90. Wow. wow. Me, you know what? I'd like to put an exhibit up. Her name is Sammy Cotby, my mom. Hoda's mother. She's oh, yes. 86 years old. Yeah. The yeah. most positive, yeah. beautiful, full of life, does everything. Well, Hoda's that yeah, right where too? have you That's seen right. that before? But, you know, it's exactly. funny about her. But it's We're, true. She's a, we go to the beach and it's, and it's cloudy. She'll go, oh my, I think I see some sun. <laughs> we don't see it. Where? No, no, it's right. coming. But I think she has that thing of fixing your gaze yeah. on the beautiful thing instead she of the, the trash 
the road. Mm -hmm. yes. She's done it since we're kids. How do you do that? I think it's just, it's like what she chooses. chooses to like, what would you choose to look at in this moment? Is it hot in the studio? Is it beautiful? Am I sitting next to a wonderful person in yeah. a great table? Yeah. Or am I thinking to myself, yeah. oh, it's raining outside? Well, you know, the like, other thing is, it, it probably makes you live longer. Yeah. Yep. But even yep. if it didn't, it makes your today better. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you make yeah. the people around you feel better. Yes. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of feeling better, your first day back after back surgery. A hell of a back procedure done uh, on Monday. And uh, we're going to have a whole piece on it next week. Um, chronic lower back feeling? pain, man. Oh. I feel actually better, and I'm glad that I did it. It's not a cure-all, yeah. but it was a, a step in my, my, my journey that I think is going to help. You know, like 16 million American adults have chronic lower back pain. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. It's yeah. So you 10%. let them shoot it? You go under the knife and all that? I went under the knife with a procedure that we, we shot. You'll see it. I'll apologize in advance for me in the, uh, <laughs> the operating table with no, nothing on the back. Really? <laughs> um, but hopefully it'll help some people because there's some new technology that's out there that's definitely helped relieving some sharp pains. Cool. Oh, that's great. Sounds good. All right. Glad to have you back. Thanks, Thanks Carson. Fun. Just ahead, we're going to launch a new series on summer savings, a closer look at the buy now, pay later trend and what you need to know before you sign up. And and then coming up on Pop Start, the debut of JLo's new documentary that kicked off this year's Tribeca Festival. We'll tell you who showed up for that and all about it. We'll be right back after this.